You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is about your lungs. And we all know that you use them to breathe because, well, that wasn't that cool of a fact. But here's what you didn't know. Did you know that your lungs help to make blood cells? Well, it turns out no one else knew that either because a guy named Dr. Mark Looney at UCSF just discovered that your lungs are actually helping to make your blood cells. And all of the assumptions we've made in medicine, nutrition, exercise, pulmonology, did not take that core fact into account. So if someone says, you can't do that, that's impossible, well, maybe it's possible now that we just found out your lungs make more than 10 million platelets per hour, and we missed it. What else have we missed in biology? I don't know, but I'd like to find out. So Keep listening to Bulletproof Radio, and you'll hear some cool stuff, because today, in particular, I'm really excited about the show. This is a show that's brought to you live from the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which is where I I met my wife, Dr. Lana, 14 years ago. To me, this is like Comic-Con, because I'm a biohacker, and some people would like to see superhero capes, and I'm all about superhero capes, don't get me wrong, but when you get these people who are inventing fields of medicine or pushing limits, that's just, that's actually like real superhero stuff. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's guest is Dr. Andy Hayman, who is the Director of Academic Affairs for the A4M, and he's the Medical Director of Integrative Medicine at George Washington University, who has been studying at a crazy deep level Lyme disease and toxic mold and what they do to our genes. And he's come up with some fantastic things here. 
Now, you might be listening saying, why do I care? If you saw my documentary on toxic mold, it's at moldymovie.com. You can watch it for free right now. And I funded this out of pocket, interviewed a dozen experts, including Dr. Hyman, not Heyman who's on the show, but Dr. Mark Hyman, as well as Dr. Amen and a dozen people like me who just got taken out at the knees in different ways by mold, you would understand that 100 million structures, probably including your kid's school, have toxic mold in them right now, and that breathing it is even worse than putting it in your food or drinking it, dare I say, in your coffee. Yes, Bulletproof coffee beans are carefully made and lab tested to be free of mycotoxins because they jack you up. Well, I've got a guy with impeccable credentials who's been studying mold for years and looking at what it does to your hormones, to your genes, to your brain, to making you tired. And we've had other people on the show who talk about how toxic mold is one of the big things contributing to Alzheimer's disease. And there are links to cancer, heart disease, and everything else. So this is a big thing going on in your life, whether you're specifically dealing with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue. And if you've heard me talk about Lyme, I think Lyme and mold are integrally connected. You never really get Lyme until you've had toxic mold exposure. I could be wrong. We're going to find out in the interview today with Dr. Andy Heyman. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. How did I do on that intro? You did great. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you been studying mold? Um, you know, I was forced into it, um, ah. in a sense, not not unlike you. And, and to me, there were sort of two phases. The first was I had spent 16 years at University of Michigan where I did my training and then I was on faculty there um, in our Department of Family Medicine. And my my expertise, even back then, was in integrative medicine. And I honestly thought I knew everything I needed to know at that point about treating complex patients using multimodal therapies. I then decided around 2009, 2010 to move to Virginia. And uh, I bought a private practice there and I started seeing patients that did not fit a profile that I was used to seeing. They were far sicker. Yeah. Uh, the the memory loss, the word finding difficulties, brain fog, fatigue, weight but, gain. That's what I had in my twenties. It's horrible. It's awful. Yeah. They they were a mess. And uh, you know, I, I had a suspicion that maybe it was some sort of exposure, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Um. So, I started doing a little bit of research with George Mason University. They're a local university in Virginia, and they developed a pretty good Lyme test. Turned out a portion of those patients had Lyme. And which, definitively. Which I definitely definitively had as definitively. well. Definitively. Right. And I said, okay, so now we're on to something. But a portion of the patients didn't. But they had all the same symptoms. <laughs> mm -hmm. And 2012 and 13, uh, you know, I started um, feeling like I was having some of those symptoms as well. Oh, living in Virginia. That's living in Virginia. And I did the test, and sure enough, I had Lyme. Mm -hmm. So I, I treated myself and was getting better. But then 2014, I felt like I was hit by a truck. Yes, I know that feeling. So what happened? Um, total memory loss, intense yeah. migraines. I would see a new patient in my practice and six weeks later would have no recollection of having met them. I mean, it was really scary for me what was going on. Frightening. I bought disability insurance when that happened to me in, in my 20s. Yeah. Awful. Okay. And I was not used to that. I mean, I yeah. had trained for triathlons. I was always fit. I was pretty athletic. I, I felt like I knew my body. But you wake up one day and you realize you're not yourself anymore. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't get any good answers. It wasn't Lyme at that point, but it kind of felt like Lyme. So started collecting more data and uh, began working a bit with uh, Dr. Richie Shoemaker. And it turned out that I was sick from mold. 
Yeah, Shoemaker is an interesting guy. He's a, a pioneer, the, the, I think the first clinician to figure out these fat-soluble toxins from environmental mold were, were affecting you, and there's a direct effect from cells. He spoke at a Bulletproof conference several years ago mm-hmm. uh, and uh, has, has a very, I would say, rigid protocol uh, uh, for, for mold, and I, there's been a lot of evolution from that original work, but you got to give that credit. He was a, a family doctor who just noticed this and, and like a bulldog didn't let go. That's right, and... Um, we continue to do re, uh, research together. The model has absolutely changed. Yeah. And I have worked to sort of um, expand the thinking uh, in terms of, you know, what are the therapeutic options that are outside of that rigidity? Yeah. Um, but I was sick from mold. And I had a lot of sympathy for people now who felt the same. And unless you knew the very special labs to run, you'll miss it. In fact, when I was sick from mold, I went to a really good functional medicine doctor and he said, Dave, I'm really at my wits end because my patients get better. He said, they come in with allergies. You you give me three treatments. They don't come back. You keep coming back. And finally said, I'm going to order an AIDS test. He said, I don't think you have AIDS, but I don't know what else to do. And I didn't have HIV or anything. Uh, But one thing he did on an allergy panel, I was allergic to eight of the top 10 toxic molds. Like, well, that would imply exposure to those. And that for me was what opened my eyes to say, I need to go deeper on this. And it's not a candida problem. Right. And Lyme was a distraction, to be perfectly honest for me, because if you have toxic mold in your house or in your workplace or your car, wherever it is, uh, you could get Lyme because you probably have Lyme already. At least I've been saying this forever. Well, let me ask you. Uh, the, the studies where people, they say you have you know, Lyme, RNA, or DNA in your urine, 95% of people probably have one or two spirochetes. Hmm. Validity to that? Gosh, I would say there's there are two sides of the same coin, yeah. and um, maybe fast forwarding just a little bit because there are so many unanswered questions around this whole subject yeah. of Lyme and mold. We started to do some very advanced uh, genomics research, and what we found is that even though the symptoms are typically the same between Lyme and mold, and the proteomic markers, the blood labs are the same, the type of inflammation that's generated. There were two things that we saw that were different. The first was um, when you listen to people who are sick from Lyme and mold, they're almost always talk about cognitive issues, mm-hmm. the brain fog, the word finding difficulties, the memory loss. We started scanning people's brains and we in, in particular looked for areas of the brain that might appear to be injured. Is it fMRI or SPECT? This is NeuroQuant. NeuroQuant, okay, cool. So we, we measured by volume. Yeah different areas of the brain. And what we found is that against our hypothesis, that sure enough, the brain was damaged yeah. from the inflammation from mold and Lyme, but the injury pattern was different between the two. That's fascinating. Uh, when I uh, when I look back at the, my first, this was a spec scan from uh, Dr. Amen mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, he actually, in the notes, it, it says chemically induced brain damage. Yeah. Uh, and it was the chemicals from the mold that was in my house. Right. So, so th- this is a real thing. And, and I know if you're listening to this, you might say, oh, you know, I probably don't have that. But how prevalent is this in, in the U.S.? We, according to what we you estimate think? that um, up to 22% of the population yeah. is vulnerable to these sorts of conditions. That's 40 she, she million. Shoemaker's number was 28. Yours, yours is lower. What happened? No, it's, it, we've refined it. Okay, it's, it's refined. It's 22%. Okay, cool. Yeah. So 40 million people... At least half of all buildings in the U.S. have a mold problem. Yeah, that was my data as well. And it, 
you think about the burden in the way that people present with just garden variety depression, weight gain, fatigue, yelling at your your yelling at people. (laughs) You know, this is what I saw all day long in my family medicine practice. And you think when you know how to scratch the surface, it's this. And you start to think you're a little nuts as a practitioner because it's so common. Yeah. You say, how could I have missed this? You know, for so many years. And, and you know, because you, I do triathlons, I'm, I'm high functioning, all of a sudden you're not. And, yeah. and going through it, it's a little bit terrifying, but you also start to feel like like you're probably a bad person. Yeah. Because the emotional variability that comes with this, where you just, you completely yell at someone or, you know, flip someone off in traffic. And you're like, like, why did I do that? I, I must be a bad person. And what's going on is, is literally you are, you're being dosed with something right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's amazing you say that just last week because I think 90% of the patients I see in my clinical practice are sick from mold in line. Is that because they're seeking you out or is that just because it's so common? They find us. Okay. You know, we don't, we don't advertise. It's all word of mouth, but. Well, sorry, um, you're going to be a little swamped after this. Yeah. (laughs) So what I told my staff though, is that just last week, uh, because we have some new, new front office workers. And I said, this is a different population. And sometimes they're going to be patients that are hard to manage. What do you mean sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> and they might yell and scream a bit, or they might forget things, or they might feel more volatile, reactive to you than sort of normal. And for a long time, I didn't understand that. Yeah. I would get mad at my patients because I felt like they were being unreasonable. Now I know that this is a brain on fire. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's what I tell my patients. It's what I now tell my staff. I said, you just need to know that part of what you're seeing and the way people are dealing with you on the phone is because their brains are not working very well. And we found some of the answer in the neuroquant because this is literally brain damage that's occurring because of the inflammation. That has to become a feature of the treatment as well, that these patients will not get better even if you remove the mold, even if you treat the Lyme, even if you turn off the inflammation, they're left with damaged brains. That has to be managed too. And, and you can restore that though. We can. Because I, I know yeah. that that my hippocampal volume is 86 percentile, even though I've had huge amounts of toxic mold exposure growing yep. up as a child, as, a, as an adult. Uh, and I don't have any abnormalities in my neuroquant anymore. Yeah. My spec scan shows perfectly even brain with no scalloping and holes. Yeah. My blood flow is probably not quite as high as I want it to be, but Overall, I mean, I, I was a complete shit show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Neurologically yeah. and biologically. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I could come back from that, I imagine most people could who didn't live in it for decades. That's right. right? And you can. Now, we've been looking for special compounds to do that. One in particular that we called um, out of the School of Pharmacy in Beijing is a very special neuroprotective ingredient from Chinese ginseng called RG3. Oh, interesting. So there's, um, there's the RB line of ginsenicides, and then there's the RG line. So there's RB1 and RB2 and RB3, and there's RG1 and RG2 and, and RG3. And we're not talking about RBs, because RBs will not fix your Not RB. <laughs> so it turns out <laughs> RB1 and RB3 are the most neuroprotective, and RG3 in particular is okay. the best. So RG3, uh, we were able to get their raw material. We combined it with nicotinamide riboside, which is an NAD precursor. Absolutely. And we made that about into- that on the show, by the way. Uh, we, we just did a whole episode on it. So. Well, NAD is one of my favorite molecules. And so we um, compounded that into a nasal spray. Mm. And when I identify a patient who fails their visual test and they have an abnormal neuroquant, their blood labs are really inflamed, it's okay, you have an exposure. We get them on the RG3 nicotinamide nasal spray Ooh, get me right some. away. It, it is amazing <laughs> I stuff. I want to try it. There are- I can tell you um, it works in people who've had traumatic brain injury and concussion. 
uh, brains on fire because of exposures, mm -hmm. even intense stress. So there are a lot of Navy SEALs out deployed in combat right yeah. now that are carrying RG3, and they will tell you that their focus and concentration under stress is markedly improved. And that's not prescription. If it's it, Well, right now it's, it is prescription, okay. but we are looking for, um, we're about to be able to launch a sublingual, so it's over the counter. This is a really, really special product. So it's been a lifesaver for us in, that, in this mold and Lyme population. It's not the only thing we do, but it's really important. Um, but you're right, you gotta protect the brain. But when we saw the differences in the brain scan between Lyme and mold, we asked the question why. And that led us to taking the deep dive down to people's genes. And that's where we found the magic. That is to say, it turns out that there are certain groups of genes that turn on like light switches when a person is exposed to Lyme and mold, and they tell the body to make inflammation. And these genes won't turn off on their own, even if you remove them from the mold, even if you treat the Lyme. These people can remain sick for months and years for yeah. the rest of their life. It, it took me a long time to get better. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a journey. And it turns out that it's different sets of genes that are ignited between Lyme and mold, we can now tell the difference between the two groups, even though the symptoms are the same. What are the percentages of the population dealing with each one that you've seen? I mean, granted you're in Virginia, so your patient population is gonna be whatever it is, but but are we, is this roughly half and half? Is it 80% Lyme, 80% mold? Interesting, it's a really good question. At least in our data set, we've looked at um, 6,000 patients now uh, that we track formally, 80% of them are from water damage buildings. There you go. It's not Lyme, it's mold. It's not Lyme. I've been saying that forever. You yeah. said it's not Lyme. It's not Oh, Lyme. maybe there's our title for the podcast. Yeah. It's not Lyme. It's not Lyme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and you know, that can be really hard and dicey when a patient comes and they, they're they convinced it's Lyme, they've been told it's Spend Lyme. Spend $100,000, $200,000 uh, fixing their Lyme. Exactly. And they're not Months any better. Months of antibiotics that didn't work and whacked your, or, yeah. sorry, whacked your mitochondria. That's right. And then we do genomics, we do the neuroquant, we do this, that, and the other, and everything points to mold. How do you break that to a patient? How do you tell them potentially all of this time yep. it was something else? It, in, my, in my path, I got really pissed off. I actually remember going into the doctor. I moved into my first, uh, first place I ever bought. It was a little two-bedroom crappy condo and in the Bay Area. Uh, and it turns out it did have water damage. I didn't know it was dangerous at the time in my, my early 20s or something. Uh, we pulled up the carpet and it's all wet underneath the carpet. Mm -hmm. So we said, oh, that's weird. And we threw away the carpet and put down some uh, hardwood flooring that, of course, mold behind the walls, all sorts of stuff. It was a, a neighbor's leaking water heater. But I never even knew there was a mold problem until I moved out and realized what had happened. But I went to the doctor, normal doctor, said, I feel like I've been poisoned. Like nothing yeah. works. I, I'm, I'm a wreck. I don't know what's going on. And I, long and short of it is, I said, vitamin C helps. He said it would kill me. And I said, you're fired. Uh, and he didn't know who Linus Pauling was. Yeah. So I spent four years studying all the things that could be wrong with me. I mean, every night until I would just fall asleep at my desk and like, like this is up to me. Doctors are useless and right. a little bit of anger. Plus I had mold brain, right? right. So you get pissed right. off at people. Right. So I went into the doctor and I said, I think I might have candida, which has a lot of the symptoms of toxic mold and gets turned on from living in a moldy environment, you know, onboard candida. I might have Lyme disease, I might have mycoplasma, uh, I might have mercury poisoning, I might have, and I said, for each of these, I want this lab test from this, and, yeah. and the doctor said, well, let me, let me prioritize the list. And she actually said, 
let's test for Lyme first. And she said, of course, you have Lyme. Because I did have Lyme. I had right. active Lyme. And my right. wife and I started a company that could test for Lyme. Right. And so we treat the Lyme for a long time, a bunch of antibiotics and all, don't get better. Right. And it was only when we got to the mold and I started doing ozone and mitochondrial stuff that was right. like, oh, you can yeah. turn everything back on. Yeah. So if if I would have had the knowledge you're offering right now on the show, yeah. I would have gone straight to mold. And that's what I'm telling people all the time. Look, choose the most likely target and the most yeah. likely target, even if you had a bullseye rash, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Go to the mold yeah. and that's where you start. Yeah, that's you, right. you agree with this now clinically? I, uh, with a hundred percent. And you so happy. All right. <laughs> and so, um, and we know this now, um, you know, based on the, the research that we've done, but, but also because we have a definitive answer in the new nanostring test that we developed. Tell me about that. What is a yeah. nanostring? What is a nanostring test? So um, in the new world of omics, um, there's a chain of events that occur from the DNA to the RNA. So DNA makes RNA, mm -hmm. and RNA makes proteins, and then proteins make small molecules. So that's the linkage between genomics, transcriptomics, proteomics, and metabolomics. What we do is we look at the RNA that's being made off DNA. Mm -hmm. That's transcriptomics. That tells us which genes are on and which are off. What we did is we originally isolated um, 2,000 genes uh, that we thought were candidates for abnormal reactions to mold and lime. We then isolated to 900. And at that level, especially within the mitochondria, which in turns out there's overlap with inflammatory pathways, yeah. Um, 500 extra genes were turned on inappropriately for Lyme patients and 700 extra genes were turned on for mold patients, but they were different, different groups. Wow. And it's almost like, um, instruments in a symphony where certain instruments need to play at a certain time and you get melody and harmony and the cell knows what to do. But when all the instruments are playing at once, it's chaos. And so the cell metabolism that results is incredibly impaired. Mitochondrial output is incredibly impaired yep. and people are tired as a result. I know that feeling. So a nanostring then is a subset of the 900. We now have isolated 215 genes that are high candidates in terms of reaction to mold and Lyme. We can now tell within the 215, is it a mold exposure because certain genes turn on? We can tell Lyme. We can even tell post-Lyme that, in fact, if a person had treated Lyme, a different set of genes ignite, but they remain sick. And now we even discovered pathways um, related to what we call hypometabolism. The cell goes into a hibernation state. You, you mean the stuff that made me weigh 300 pounds, that That's one? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So interestingly, <laughs> part of that, there are five genes as part of hypometabolism that are part and parcel to the what's called the mTOR pathway, yes. which is the aging pathway. Those get injured. So people gain weight, their mitochondria become inefficient, and this is likely the setup potentially even for cancer. Absolutely. Because that's the met metabolic profile of a cancer cell, mm -hmm. which is poor ATP output and impaired mitochondria. And, and if you look at what mycotoxins, these, these mold toxins do to, uh, to mitochondria, they absolutely do exactly those things. That's right. And they can do it directly. And it sounds like they're doing it genomically in they ways that we They do it genomically and they injure the cell membranes yeah. around the mitochondria. So you get these very shaggy impaired cell membranes. They're not efficient. 
um, at excreting waste or absorbing nutrients, and you get impaired cell-to-cell communication as well. So it is a disaster at every level for the individual, all the way down to their genes. Are these the HLA genes that have previously been identified? That, so that's that's an interesting question. So HLAs are on chromosome six, mm-hmm. and we've identified about nine haplotypes or genes that predispose people to these illnesses. That's where the 22% number comes from. Mm-hmm. That's different than if you do get exposed and you're in that 22%, these other genes turn on in the mitochondria. Oh, so you look at mitochondrial genes. That's we're where all the bad stuff's genes. happening. Thank That's right. God. Okay. Yeah, it's all mitochondrial You're genes. even cooler than I thought. Well, I, <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, now we can use the nanostring. Okay. And we just made it available two weeks ago. And so this is a, a lab test, basically. It's a lab. It's a blood draw. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sign me up. It it it, it is an amazing can, breakthrough. Can I get one here at A four M? I'll gotta, see if I can. There's got to be a few a doctors floating around. Need some dry ice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, when we have, you know, as we've cultivated the science, mm-hmm. I showed it to we showed it to some, some genomics research colleagues at George Washington University, and they said we want to run the test. So the analytes now go to my university. It's a, it, to me, it's finally a bridge between our world mm-hmm. and major academia, which is to say they've looked at the work that we've done and they said, wow, this is incredible. This is a major breakthrough in fatiguing illnesses and you use genomics to figure it out. We've got somewhere, I, I would, depending on how you want to do the math, but there's somewhere around 80 million people, you mentioned mm-hmm. 40 million before, but you look at the number of people in the US and incidence of mold and whatever else, uh, many, many, many tens of millions of people who have mold or think they have Lyme yep. and maybe do. Yep. Uh, and so the people listening to the show are going to share it with all those people. And then the Bulletproof customer support lines are gonna just be overwhelmed with how do I find a doctor questions. Yeah. So your test came out two weeks ago. Yeah. There can't be that many people who have this. And uh, unfortunately, this show probably just created an avalanche of that. Yeah. Where do people go to find a doctor who can do this kind of test? Right now, actually, they um, they can go to the Surviving Mold website. That's where the test, they can order the test. Mm-hmm. And then they just have their blood drawn locally. Okay. So, so, so um, basically, people can get a local draw. Yeah. Okay, good deal. And so you basically have to order a test kit, have it sent to you. Right. And go get now, we are working on creating a model where you don't need to go through a physician okay. to get the test. I think that would be better for the public because there are too few doctors that understand this illness. And yeah. I, my, my passion right now is to create as much public right. awareness as possible and getting testing into the hands of people directly. Here's one thing we can do. Um, we can have this at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs down in Santa Monica, the Beverly Hilton, so we can carry it. And it, it is not okay that you have to have a permission slip from your doctor and pay them in order to have data about your own body. It, it's unethical, it's unconscionable, and especially in the states that allow doctors to mark up the test and sell you their time, I don't think that's reasonable. So you should order your lab tests and then go to your doctor and say, could you please help me interpret these? Right. Uh, and if the doctor says that's the wrong lab, then okay, you, you shouldn't order that already. But if you want to pay for the consult, that's great. But to require it by law is stupid and unfair and and just nasty on every level. It's Darth Vader mode for medicine. All right, I don't know if you agree with me. But I completely saying, agree. Right. <laughs> and, and that has been my agenda from the beginning of trying to commercialize the test. And that is to say, we knew in the very, very beginning, a, a requisition would need to be filled out. Mm-hmm. But if we could shift to what we call a CLIA, 
approved lab mm -hmm. that then could run direct to consumer. That's where I want the nano string housed. Yeah. It is not fair because there are too many people who are sick and they're not going to get answers from their local physician. I would rather them have the chance to make their own diagnosis and say, finally, this is why I feel so terrible. Yep. All right, uh, we can. We have a doctor on staff, so at least the people in LA, people come to visit labs, we can easily order any lab tests that they want, yeah. uh, which is a really important thing. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to it being a direct-to-consumer yeah. test. Yeah. Uh, all right, what does it cost to do this Well, test? right now, um, because it's new, it's 700 Okay, that's um, pretty pricey. It's pretty pricey. I don't like the price, and even worse is because it has to be shipped on dry ice. Oh, pain in the... Exactly. So with volume, we can get the price down. Okay. And I think more reasonably, if we can get into the 300 range or so, mm -hmm. it's genomics. It's never going to be well, 50 bucks. And, but, and let, let me just say know. it. There's a reason I spent, when I started Bulletproof, I, I spent $300,000 in 15 years. Yeah. First, getting rid of all the mold and all the basically diseases of aging I had when I was young. Right. Uh, and it wasn't just mold. There's other stuff, bad diet, whatever else. Um, but then I've spent a lot more since then on you know, reaching levels that I didn't even know were in there, right? Uh, which is a big part of what I do. People who have been sick for six plus months where their brain doesn't work, they will spend everything they have to get better because there's nothing more precious than being able to remember what you're doing and wake up and feel like yourself and not yell at people. Yeah. And if you have mold damage to your brain, you actually do those things and you hate your life. And every step is like you're walking through mud. Yep. And I would have, you know, put it on all my credit cards to spend $700 if I thought it was going to help me. But this is a lab test that's going to tell you mold versus Lyme. Is it going to tell you how to treat it? Is it going to tell you what to do first? My ideal, um, and we've had a lot of discussions about this, is, you know, how do we, and I know you've already done a lot in this regard, um, how do we create really a, a full clearinghouse where all the answers are in one place with respect to what do I do for my home and what do I do for me? Yeah. And how do I assess my home for mold? And how do I assess myself to say, am I sick from mold? And what do I do about these things R right now? You know, because this is, you know, um, a real challenge for patients. I don't, even though this is what I do all day long, there is no single resource where everything is together with credible science, yep. with real recommendations that to me are reliable. Mold has become a little popular, mm -hmm. but but the recommendations I find are kind of all over the place. And, and you know? a lot of them don't work. And a lot of them don't work. You well, know, I, like bleach. <laughs> exactly. But also this the, the quote, what do I do for myself? Yeah. You know, I I think there is a there's a set of therapies that I now know are relatively reliable, mm -hmm. natural, integrative, some prescription, but there is a sweet spot. And I feel like there's a lot people can do for themselves without necessarily being under the auspices of a professional. There are clearly instances where they need a doctor or someone who's well-trained. That's also my role here at A4M and at GW because I'm so deeply involved in the education process we are establishing training programs to train practitioners on how to deal with this thing. This is not easy stuff, right? This is really complicated genomics, proteomics, neuroinflammation, um, and then the, what do I do about it? So um, I've worked really hard to kind of build an infrastructure where I can train practitioners, we've developed the science, but now I wanna reach the public and help tell that story because this is a public health disaster. 
And I feel like it's only getting worse. You know, it's not getting better. Oh, yeah. You know? Some of the reasons it's getting worse, according to the research for Moldy movie, uh, is that when we spray glyphosate on mm-hmm. our soil <laughs> and things like that, we're actually ramping up the aggressiveness of these soil molds. So they make way more mycotoxin than they used to. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we're, we're seeing the results of that, where we have more sealed, uh, more buildings that don't have good circulation. In fact, one of the guys in Moldy, the documentary, was a hedge fund manager mm. who lived in a brand new lead building in New York City. And uh, I just heard from another person who lives in that building that, that there's a massive mold problem there because they're saying, oh, look, we saved electricity. We didn't circulate air in the hallways. So the whole thing becomes a terrarium full of mold wow. and the people live there get sick. Yeah. 22% of them get sicker than everyone else. Right. But everyone there is increasing the risk of cancer, heart yeah. disease, all the bad stuff mold yeah. does, even if they don't feel it right now. Yeah. So I think we're seeing a lot more of that because the combination of hyper-aggressive molds and trying to save a few nickels on electricity to make environments where it sucks to live So I'm almost, I'm going to make people mad here. I'm almost against lead building standards because yes, I want to save energy as much as the next person, but I do not want to save energy at the cost of 22% of people completely being taken out because the amount of energy that's consumed by that is not okay. Yeah. So we need, we need buildings that are are built with biohacking in mind. The environment around you turns your genes on and off. Maybe you should change your building already. So come on, lead people, turn on the fans already. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox there. <laughs> Have you heard about homebiotic? Um, is that the fogger or? It, it, this is, is a, a mist. This is one of the mist. companies I started. Yeah. And it, it's a bacteria from soil that eats toxic mold uh, cool. as a yeah. fuel source. So when toxic mold sends out its hyphae, yeah. it digests the hyphae, the roots of the mold, so it cannot reproduce. We've got third-party lab results. I've been working on that company for about four years, but yeah. at this point, it's 29 bucks and it works. And I want people, when before there's a hurricane, I, I want people to mist. So you inoculate your environment because if you could prevent mold from growing in your house, that's the most important thing. So I, I hit my windowsills, I hit under my sinks uh, and anywhere that, where there might be a risk. And I live in a super wet environment and yeah. it, uh, it makes it makes a meaningful difference. Yeah. So I feel like if people test their air before they buy the house, if they regularly inoculate stuff that keeps mold from taking hold and then we get the lab tests that you've got for our bodies, you can well, dare I say be bulletproof in, in that, you know, you've prevented the most likely parts of this. And it this is not a small problem. It's massive. Massive. And schools make it even worse, oh, right? I, you know, if I had a nickel for every school teacher that approached me that yeah. said how sick he or she is, and it's a disaster for them because where are they going to go? They can't yeah. go to a different school to teach because yeah. that school is going to be moldy. Yeah. And they're all trying to get tenure, so they can't retire early they're trapped. Schools are moldy because they always cut budgets on building maintenance. They always have these, these crappy, um, you know, crappy roofs. And then parents or teachers who raise the alarm, uh, they basically said, Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. But you show up with genomic testing like this. uh, What's going to happen here is uh, over the next five to 10 years, every school, every government building, every hotel, and there are moldy hotels out there. I know I, I walk in and I say, I'm out. And then I check out because if you sleep there the next morning, you, you wake up feeling hungover. Yeah. Right. And so we're going to have to rebuild a lot of our infrastructure. Insurance companies are going to hate this. Yep. But when you have enough data, you cannot lie when you can correlate. Here's what's in the air. Here's what's going on genetically in the brains. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? I right. mean, are you hopeful we're going to crack through this problem or do you think that it's going to keep getting pushed back on? 
Um, I am hopeful, but also th- there are, of course, a lot of forces in place that don't want to recognize this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just comes down to money. I mean, I, you know, that, and that's all it is. Um, but the, the problem is the science is now becoming formalized to say we can really identify when a patient has become sick. This is not some broad label of chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. I can show you proteomics. I can show you genomics. I can show you brain scans. You know, they fit the symptom roster and it's becoming time, you know. So let's say someone uses the nanostring test mm. and uh, they figure out, all right, I've got mold since that's about 80% likelihood yep. um, if if they have either of the two. What are the, the sort of the short list of things that they can do to fix themselves? So give me the concise list of, sure. I have mold, what do I do first? So um, certainly if we're going to just briefly set aside, what do I do for my environment? Yeah, let's assume um, you moved out of your whole let's your moldy you place. Moved out you, and lit, you're mold you lit all your belongings yep. on fire that could burn. Correct. Uh, which is basically, you, if you take your stuff with you when you move from a moldy environment, it it doesn't matter. You're still in a moldy environment. Even your paperwork that has mold on it has to go. Pa- and I, I still have a sealed box of paperwork. I only open it outdoors because it's full of crap from yep. 20 years ago. Paper that that is, is a real thing. Yeah, paper okay. is the enemy. Um, there's a few things that I find can be really helpful for people that are natural. Um, and it, it all gets back to really the gut brain connection. Yep. Um, so what do I do for the brain? Um, I cheat a little bit. So as an MD, I write the prescription for the RG3 nicotinamide that's called synapsin. Okay. Um, but again, we're moving towards a, hopefully an over the counter, um, a version of that. And then we start looking for other natural compounds and products that further turn off the fire in the brain. Um, One of our mainstays, um, of course, is lipids. So the brain is mostly made up of healthy fat, or it should be, Mm -hmm. but those lipids become damaged. So we certainly do a lot of phosphatidylcholine. Um, That's a core feature of what we do. So so you can take PC orally, it's it's phosphatidylcholine. You can take it intravenously, or you can even get some sunflower lecithin and you can put a scoop or two in your bulletproof coffee. I don't like the nutty flavor, but when I did the bulletproof, or it was the Better Baby Diet, uh, we recommended huge amounts of that for women who wanted to get pregnant because having enough choline is really important. What's the form of choline that you recommend for old people? Certainly, I like the phosphatidylcholine. The IV or? Uh, I do oral and IV. Okay. Um, but they also need phosphatidyl inositol mm-hmm. and phosphatidyl enetholamine mm-hmm. because those are phospholipids that are more important for the mitochondrial membrane. Phosphatidylcholine is better for the outer cell membrane. Mm. So the oral, typically you get all three. The IV is typically pure phosphatidylcholine. We have seen dramatic results in patients when they start turning over their lipid layer. I tell them they're doing an oil change. Yeah. And it's it's the lipid content in the body that harbors the mycotoxins. And you know you have to turn that around. Let's talk about that for a minute so people have an image. I like to imagine a cup of water and you put one drop of blue food coloring in there and it soaks into all of the water. Mm. And in, in order to get rid of that, you can turn the faucet on and have more water go in there, but it takes a long time to wash it out. And if you look at all those cell membranes in your body that are fats, these toxins from mold and lime, they soak into all of your cell membranes. So you have to keep adding fat and flushing this out. Yeah. The data from the Bulletproof Diet, I cited a study 
I think it was around 745 days for a 50% turnover of cell membrane lipids. Uh, any new, any yeah, new research since then? You know, I, you, that's, that's, um, that's probably a little more conservative than I would have guessed. I mean, when you look at just turning over of omega-3s, for example, yeah. that takes almost a year. Yeah. But the phosphatidylcholine layer takes even longer. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, 700 days probably sounds about right. That was 50% though. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. You know, so four I mean, years I, later. I, maybe. And I tell patients, you know, because they say, oh, I've, I've been doing my, my motor oil for um, three months. Am I done? And I say, you know what? You're just going to get used to it because this is a mainstay of your therapy. I cannot get you better if I don't turn over your cell membranes because part of the abnormal signaling down to the genes is because of the abnormal lipids. So one way we correct that abnormal gene response is correcting lipids. You have to do that. Wow. So so this is fantastic. And, and big parts of the Bulletproof diet are how do you increase bile turnover? How do you get more lipids yeah. into the body? Yeah. Now, if your people are changing the oil and they eat just a few French fries on Saturday, what happens? <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> they um, they get a lot of bile congestion. And so one thing that I tell patients is that when your body makes inflammation and when you... Um, uh, consume these abnormal lipids, they all are absorbed in the liver and they're emulsified in the bile and they get dissolved. They, it's called saponification mm -hmm. and then dumped into the digestive tract. So your liver and your bile has to be flowing normally. And the last thing you should be doing is putting in trans fats, saturated fats, because that's going to well, interfere. Well, hold on. Saturated fats, that includes things like grass-fed meat. That includes things like Well, I mean, I mean trans-odd saturated oh, oh, fats. Oh, there you go. Okay, so, that's really important I'm, people hear that. You know, okay. so that there, there are better, there are healthier forms. Yeah. But what we see are ceramides, renegade fats, yes. odd saturated fats. VLC fats. VLC, very long chain fats. Those are the bad guys. And that's why you don't eat peanut butter and you don't fry crap. Correct. Uh, it, it, Amen to that. <laughs> okay. And, and, this, so, and, and the thing is, this doesn't mean you get to eat three French fries, especially if you're working to either live to 180 like I am or to recover from something. They are not food. It's just like smoking. You know, just, oh, I smoke on weekends when I'm right. trying to fix my lungs. You just don't do it. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name who it was, but here at A4M, I watched a, a, a dear friend eat four French fries two days before major surgery. Oh boy. I'm like, Come on. Yeah. Like we're at A4M. You don't do that. Yeah. But people just do it because they think that. And and I mean, maybe I'm oversensitive. I'm, I'm sort of making a point here and I want you to disagree with me if I'm wrong. But I mean, how small of a dose? Like, how much cheating is going to work? When well, the last, the last I heard was six fries. Okay. So if you're so. under six, you're okay? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> like, but it, it's really a small sure. number, right? <laughs> it's a very small yeah. number. It's it, a very small number. But the whole fat story mm -hmm. is so critical to understanding this illness. Okay. You got to get your fats right. And if you don't, you're going to stay sick. So th there are a couple other compounds I wanted to talk about. Uh, I formulated a supplement called Curcumin Max. It's one of the Bulletproof mm -hmm. supplements. And it's got uh, brain octane, this caprylic acid, which caprylic acid is antifungal. Uh, and it, that brain octane is a specially processed caprylic acid that's extra pure, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's the, the carrier system for standardized turmeric yep. plus Stefania root 
and frankincense. And Stefania root, I chose it because it was one of the few things that could turn off the inflammation that I had when I was when I was moldy. Yep. And I think getting in with lipids like that is, is particularly important. Huge. Any experience with Stefania root? Um, some experience with Stefania root, um, a little bit more with uh, frankincense. Okay, yep. Because as the parent compound from Boswellia. Yeah. Because we know that blocks MMP9 and LOX and COX. Um, Stefania... Um, I have used over the years for my patients that are really inflamed, but it's not a common ingredient in a lot oh, of- It was so hard to track down. It yeah, took a long time, as a raw but material. I think we're the only uh, supplement company that uses Stefania. Yeah. And it, it, if you're curious what this, that's a curcumin max. And I'm a little crazy on my supplement formulating. I want the levels that are studied. I'm yeah. not going to put a, a cosmetic dose in there where it looks right. good. Right. And uh, that one's in there and you're not going to find it anywhere right. else. I know because we had to search everywhere. Right. So, but you found for real serious inflammation that that worked. Yeah, you have to. And, and I was okay. getting there in terms of after the lipids, the curcumins or turmerics that okay. get into the brain. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many. Yeah. There aren't that many. And you got to work on repairing the lipid, um, the, the blood brain barrier. Okay. So chi and flax, um, which are also nice at contributing to sealing up the membranes. Now, now, both chia and flax have substantial amounts of very unstable omega-3s. Even light and heat can mess with them. And reasonable amounts of lectins as well. Like I, I've never had good luck with either one of those really? in terms of healing. Yeah. So um, we've had pretty good success yeah, okay. with, um, as long as it's pure, they have to grind it themselves. It's refrigerated. It's refrigerated, or all of that. So, so you have to be really but, careful. But otherwise, yeah. it becomes very unstable very quickly. And, and that'll make you much worse. So if you yes. have that that bag of ground flax meal or the flax cookies. I tell people they can't use that. Yeah, so it's, it's it in a smoothie. It can't be pre-ground. It can't be pre So you grind it yourself, put it on something cold in a smoothie and eat it right away. That's right. And if your grinder heats it up too much, yeah, that's you're, right. it, it's that unstable. That's right. So in those conditions, it can be helpful. I would agree right. with you. But 90% of the world, look, I have these you know, flax muffins or whatever. And I'm like, that's, I, I guess it's better than French fries, but <laughs> I, I mean. Probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm having so much fun talking about mold. I feel like we could talk for hours about this. Yeah. Um, the new test that you've got is called Nano String. Correct. And you've got this. And, and it goes by the name Genie, G-E-N-I-E. G-E-N-I-E yeah. Nano String Test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where can people get the new Nano String Test? Well, it's it's so new. You know, it's only been out two weeks. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing to get, but. Can, can what, I get it? Can I get it at uh, the Upgrade Labs? I think that's a great idea. We'll we'll let people do any test they want. You have a, a a fundamental right to know what's going on in your body. Yeah. So, all right, I'm just making this up, and I guess we can take this out of the show before we publish it if we can't do this. But let me get Upgrade Labs talking uh, with your team, yeah. and I'd love to get this out there. And I don't, that's not available by mail order. So people would have to go in there or can they ship it out or how? Yeah. So they, wherever they live, they just do a local blood draw and then it has to be put on dry ice and shipped to GW. So I know for sure we can do the blood draw and we can stock the test kits uh, at Upgrade Labs in Santa Monica and in Beverly Hills. Okay. And in terms of getting it shipped out on dry ice and stuff like that, uh, we'll figure that one out. We'll figure it out. And... Uh, and that'll that'll work really well. And you could also Google Bulletproof Radio Andy Heyman, H-E-Y-M-A-N, who's today's guest. Andy, thanks a lot for being on the show today and taking time out of your busy schedule at A4M. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate it. And and thanks also just for your work on on making this real. 15, 20 years ago, this was 
stuff that they would give you Prozac for if you talked about it. And they tried with me. And this is a real thing. It's affecting people. And it's affecting tens of millions or a hundred million people and no one paid attention. And you're one of the leading voices doing this. So thanks for going out there and taking the arrows that it always takes when you're disrupting and being a game changer. By the way, guys, did you notice what I did to plug my last book that just came out, Game Changers? See, wasn't that smooth? You, you barely noticed, right? If you haven't read the book, then that's that's why you don't know how to do something as impactful as what Andy's done. So uh, I, what I would recommend you do today is pick up a copy of the book if you haven't done it yet. If you haven't done it yet, it's probably just because maybe you're a bad person uh, or maybe you're not a bad person. You just got mold and you think you're a bad person because you had mold. So get rid of your mold and read the book. And if you think you've had Lyme, Maybe you have mold and you need to re-listen to this episode. You check out the blog post we'll put up with it. Check out Moldy Movie at moldymovie.com and we'll get the new nanostring test there at Upgrade Labs. All right, that's a long list of things to do, but it's all good stuff. Thank you for listening. Powerful episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.